Thanks for tuning in to the 168 Podcast, a podcast from Mitchell Knight and Jordan Bird of the Clarence Church of Christ, aimed at helping you connect Sunday worship with everyday life. Welcome back to the 168 Podcast. Today, Jordan and I are going to be talking about engaging with Scripture, not just one hour on a Sunday, but all 168 hours of the week. Yeah, and so uh, we were both talking about what topic we were going to talk about today, and we both, kind of without really talking to each other beforehand, ended up with the topic of reading Scripture or engaging with Scripture and what that looks like in a follower of Jesus daily life and the importance of that. So Mitch is going to kind of dive us into our topic and kind of get us started with our discussion. So we've got a few scriptures to talk about that are going to kind of point us toward some truths to be living into. One of them is just about what God's word really is and why we call it God's word. Uh, it comes from Second Timothy verse, Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. Uh, in it, Paul writes, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I think one of the reasons I drew close to this Scripture in preparing for this podcast was because I hear a lot of times about people talking about God moments and about getting spoken to by God, and you know I think that's important, but I think we underestimate the value of the Bible. The Bible is God's word. It is God speaking to us. Jordan has prayed about it before about, you know, asking the spirit who lives inside us to translate its content to the context of our lives. It, it serves a very functional purpose in um, shaping our dynamic and our relationship with God every day. I mean, if we want God to speak to us, the easiest way that can happen is by listening or reading what he has already said and written down that we have access to every day, whether it be electronic or in print. So that's just some of my opening thoughts on that. Did you have anything you wanted to add? Yeah, I agree with you in the sense that I think to some degree, probably every person who follows Jesus has come up with to that issue at some point where like, I don't, I, the, I don't feel like I'm hearing from God. And in part of it's maybe just a narrow perspective or understanding of our relationship with God and we project onto our relationship what we maybe expect with some other ones or or what we want it to be and not on God's parameters or or how God initiates a relationship with us and if we go back far enough I mean ultimately this relationship that we share with God is something that he ultimately initiates with us and we respond to it so it's a relationship that we're invited into so there's a privilege in a sense that we even have anything to hear from God. I mean, if, if you go just even looking through scripture alone, I mean, there's few and far between people who have these very one-on-one -on -one interactions with God. The majority of everyone else has scripture to go off of. And that's not to say that it's just this um, rote only revelation. Mitch already kind of pointed to this. And we'll talk about this here more in a minute of the Holy Spirit's role in how we process what God is speaking to us. So yeah, we can we can read the words or or see the text on the page, but that in and of itself is not the fullness of what God communicates to a follower of Jesus. And so that's I think a little bit more what we're gonna kind of touch on here. 
Um, one last thing about this scripture. I mean, it talks about how the scriptures are useful to us, and it says, you know, these things are here so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. There's a sense of the scripture molding us and shaping us and preparing us for living a Jesus-filled life um, outside of the confines of our own home or times of study. I mean, you th- even think about, like, the Buffalo Bills, right? So, yeah, there's our Buffalo Bills nod there. Go Bills. Yeah, God's team. Um, <laughs> That's true, dude. Um, but the Wouldn't Buffalo- that be the Saints? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, or the... Any team in Los Angeles and come on, Angels. Anyway, anyway. That's outside I, I of the NFL. I, I, I disagree. Um, but, you know, in terms of preparation, like, I mean, you'd imagine that if the Bills prepared for an opponent, whether hosting or going somewhere on the road, and the only thing they did to prepare was, like, one hour the day of, because that would be Sunday, then they're probably not going to do too well. There's not enough study. There's not enough not enough preparation, you know, similarly, we kind of, in a way, emulate what they do and practicing every week, we should be reading and engaging with the scriptures every day so that when moments in life come up where we need to call upon it, we're ready. We've already heard it. We're being shaped by it and we're engaging with it. So that's kind of the second point I want to get into is like the preparation part of it. Uh, Did you have anything you wanted to add on that? Harley, interesting. I mean, you brought up the Bills and the Bills just played the Chiefs, but if anyone was watching or listening to that game, I guess mostly watching because Chris Con or Chris Collinsworth, Collinsworth on the NBC broadcast made this point about one of the Chiefs players. I forget what position he plays, but they were talking. He was talking about how the guy had a heart condition in college, I think, and how um, he had to get that whole medication thing resolved before he could really like full bore go into football. And and Collinsworth was saying how before it was resolved he would have been only able to like practice i think something close to like an hour a week or something it was like a really small window of time he could practice and Collinsworth was making the point of like yeah like there's just no way an nfl caliber uh player could make it in this league if they only practice that much and his whole point was that they he got it resolved with medication or whatever it was to where he's able to, you know, fully participate with the team. But it goes to your very point of in football, we don't accept that yet. You know, we're okay with that sometimes in our walk with God as if like, well, I can make it with just this little bit and the rest of the week can kind of just, I don't, I don't need that. Or I, I can make it without it as if, um, I mean, the same comparison could be made to like eating one meal a week and not eating the rest of the week. I mean, our bodies biologically just don't function that way or at least healthily they don't they don't function that way Um, one other thing i as we're talking about this passage that it um, came to me while we were were talking earlier is we want to hear from god and we were talking about how you know looking at scripture is one way in which we can encounter god talking to us or speaking to us and if you take this passage specifically where it talks about scripture being useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness a lot of times we want to hear from God in the like good things or the, like the unique things that maybe apply to me and me only. Like I mean, the classic is like, what am I supposed to do next in life or something like that? Like, what's the specific thing? But the things we often like either overlook or don't want to hear are the God showing us the things that we don't do well <laughs> or the 
things that we're, we lack in that we need improvement on. Like those are things if we probably would just open our eyes, open our ears, open our, you know, awareness to, to how God is speaking to us. There's a whole host of things that God's saying like, Hey, like this thing is very obvious in your life. You should address it. But those are the things we often don't want to deal with because they're not fun. They're, they're messy. They're um, you know, all those things that butt up against us surrendering ourselves to, to God and what he ultimately wants for us. And as people who are detached are being detached from sin and being sanctified, like those are hard things. And this goes back to a conversation we had a few weeks ago about how we're always wrestling with temptations to not live the way God wants us to. So anyway, I just, that just stood out to me looking at that of how we often want this unique thing, but there's also these things that we probably don't want to hear, but they're pretty plain and obvious right in front of us. If we would just have the, the awareness to what they are, you want to add on to that at all or kind of move on? Yeah, I'm good. All right. You had mentioned, uh, and this touches on what we already kind of talked about, but the passage from John fourteen twenty six. Do you have that pulled up? You want to read it for us? Yeah. I'm uh, actually going to read the verse before it, too. So this is John 14, 25, and 26, in uh, which Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. He says, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So I think, for me, this scripture kind of calls us into an important truth about um, the Word of God in its entirety, and that kind of what Second Timothy 3 is pointing us towards, John 14 as well, and the words of Jesus points us towards. It's kind of the idea that, you know, we are storing up our treasure in heaven in self-disciplined study of God's Word. It, it's another way to experience His presence, right? A lot of people also talk about, you know, I don't hear God's voice or this, or like, I don't feel His Spirit. But, you know, the Holy Spirit is a teacher, an advocate. He reminds us of all the things that God has said. That's what Christ says right there. Um, and we can't be reminded of something that we haven't already engaged with. So you'll find that, at least in my life, the people that are close to me and, and close in their walk with God have a more intimate relationship and a more intimate experience with God when they're engaged in the scriptures more than just one hour on a Sunday, right? Because engagement. Uh, more engagement in God's word means that there's more to call upon by the Spirit in your life and remembrance, but less means that there's going to be less. So, I mean, that's just kind of a simple way of looking at it, but the Spirit functions in our walk with God through reminding us of the Scriptures, and the Scriptures are something we have to take in daily if we want a more intimate experience with Him, I guess. I, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, part of this goes to what you mentioned earlier about, um, I've mentioned when I pray, when I preach often, of asking God's Spirit to translate the text that we just read or heard into the context of our everyday life. And and part of that is a recognition that, yes, God has spoken through Scripture. Like, that's why we are going to that, to either read it for the first time or hear it again, or to um, hopefully have something a unique aspect to maybe come out of it that, that maybe we haven't considered before. Um, but it's also pointing to the fact that God's spirit is part of the whole process of God's word being transmitted in and made aware in our life to start with. It's not, we aren't, 
as followers of Jesus, we aren't people who just follow a book and a book alone. We're, follow, we're people who follow Jesus, who has, his life has been revealed. The life of God has been revealed. The text is a witness to that life, and the Spirit is the living and active, um, you know, living and active presence of God in our life to bring the life of Christ to life, you know, to reality, if you will, in our everyday life and in, in, in the context in which we live. So it's not just stuck in, uh, you know, the time of Jesus, but it's, it's taking the truths of that, the, the principles that are there, and then the Spirit shaping and molding those things into our own context today and the, own, the situations that we, we find ourselves in today. And, yeah, it's not just a cut and dry kind of thing, but if we don't have the Spirit, like, it's just a text. It's, it's, there's nothing more to it. It's God's Spirit who's present and active today and has been in the past and will be going forward is what makes Scripture come alive to us. It's, it's, they're, they're all interactive together. Um, but ultimately, it's pointing to the life of Jesus, who will, you know, is still alive and who, again, will come to where we can see him face-to-face at one point and we get to see that lived out right in front of us. But the Holy Spirit's calling us to live into that way of life now. And the, this whole verse makes me think of uh, a few years ago, I know for youth group, we watched uh, the Insanity of God movie, and there's a, a lot of the, the stories that are shared in there. But one in particular was, I think, the person who was behind the Iron Curtain at the time, and they were imprisoned. I forget the exact situation, but I know one of the things they did was like write on little tiny pieces of paper like verses that they remembered, and that's, those were what they clung to in, you know, as something to make them hopeful or give them assurance or just, yeah, kind of carry them through that time. And all that had to do with like their remembrance of it. And it may be that they remember them verbatim. And I don't think, I don't know if the, the movie necessarily said, but I know for me personally, I'm, I can attest Mitch is just far better for whatever reason. I don't know. at like remembering scripture, like verbatim. I am just not as good at that. I can, I can remember like the, the idea and the context and kind of get a rough idea of like remembering where it is. Um, but like rallying it off like verbatim, it's just never been a thing I'm really good at. And for whatever reason I know he is, um, he may not <laughs> think that he is, but I think that's come, that's bore out in, in my experience with him. I mean, even just in the stuff you shared, you just rattle it off and I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I just couldn't rattle it off that way. But anyway, but I just know for my own life, like that's very much how I have experienced Scripture coming to to life in my life and the Spirit helping to bring it to light and and sort of like reminding me of like, yeah, like Scripture talks about this or like, you remember that Scripture you've heard a long time ago or whenever it might have been, this, it applies right here, right now. And it may be a situation that I never would have like connected that, like especially whenever I heard it taught or something like that, I may not have been like, oh yeah, that's going to apply to this situation down the road. But the Spirit... God's spirit is the one who can makes those connections because of the relationship that I have uh, with the spirit through Christ. So something to kind of bridge the two points that we brought up just now that has helped me in my walk with God was one example that Mike Bowers gave in a sermon uh, that he preached a long time ago at this point. It was about how the spirit interacts with us in, in this kind of spirit of remembrance that we're talking about. You know, it's like his example was like, imagine you found a wallet 
on the on the road and you pick it up and it's not yours and it's got like you know it may not might not have identification in it or whatever it's got like 20 bucks in it and you think about taking it for yourself and then all of a sudden you're just really hit by something that you read and like well you know Jesus Jesus told us to do unto others as we would want others to do unto us you know and I think I think I'd rather live into that I think I'm going to turn this into the police instead of taking it for my own like that's how God's spirit shows up in our lives it's about like the scripture tangibly being brought into the context that we're living in it doesn't have to be this big thing where we meditate and fast for seven days in an attempt to hear some kind of audible voice a lot of times in being trained in righteousness by the scriptures we will encounter situations and because the bible exposes everything about humanity you know i haven't encountered a situation in reality that in some form or fashion hasn't been covered in the scriptures and the knowledge of the scriptures in those moments that i'm in is what helps direct me and gives me discernment. And what is bringing that to mind is the spirit and remembrance. So I like, I mean, God likes to use ordinary people. It isn't always like this giant, loud voice. Sometimes it's just this gentle spirit of remembrance. I mean, it even says that at, at some point in one of the epistles about groans too soft for words is like how the spirit is speaking to us. It's more about bringing to mind, oh, there's my cat. Uh, it's about bringing to mind what we've studied. So I think, you know, it doesn't have to be this giant monumental event. It's ordinary events with ordinary people, but remembrance from God's awesome power at work in our lives and the scriptures that we've studied. So, so one of the last points we're going to make is from Acts 17.11 just to kind of show how God is pleased with our self-disciplined study of his word. It's not just something we do to go through the motions. Um, it's not something that God looks at us doing and sees us just going through the motions. Even if there isn't some big monumental event happening, just the fact that we're studying the scriptures um, reveals, and through the scripture it reveals that God is pleased with us. So I think Jordan is going to read this, read that for us. Yeah, so Acts 17.11 reads as follows now the berean jews were of more noble character than those in thessalonica for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what paul said was true and yeah there's obviously there a connection between who they are known by what they're known by, what their character is, what their character is shaped into by in relation to their engagement with scripture. Like it seems that it wouldn't be the same uh, if they weren't engaging with scripture. And what I think is interesting too is that they they use scripture as a barometer for what is being said. And granted, these are are Jews, so they're already within a worldview or frame of mind where scripture was part of it, following God is part of it. So Paul's coming in with this message about Jesus specifically. And so they're trying to, you know, compare what he's saying and like, does that fit? Um, some of that's a little bit harder in our day and age just because of the secular nature of it. It's not for those of us who, who follow Jesus, but I think the same principle can apply of, are we taking that same framework or that same worldview of, being people who are immersed in scripture, immersed in the story of God, and using that as like the lens 
through which we filter the way we see the world. And, you know, we could very much insert ourselves into, into this by all of the good news messages that we are told or supposedly told in our world. You know, we have scripture to compare it to, to say like, well, are they really good news or are they good news to, to the extent that Jesus is good news? And if it doesn't even come close to comparing or doesn't even fit in there, then like we know we can reject it. Or we know that, that it's something that's redeemable, that, um, that God has redeemed in and through Christ, and that you know, we can bring it into our life, if you will. But, but having Scripture be the thing that, through which we see the world from, I think, definitely comes out in, in this passage. What else do you want to tag on to there that you're thinking? Yeah, so if we're going to look at the scripture in like just a purely textual manner, like kind of like what Jordan was saying here, they receive the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Don't want to make any judgments or anything like that, but I think it's safe to say, like you said, that if it weren't daily observation, maybe the word noble wouldn't be used. Maybe it might be different. You know, we don't know, but in the practical sense, what I try to do is emulate the scripture like every day. Like I try and emulate the Berean Jews every day by examining the scriptures daily, reading and studying them, because I know that God looks at that as nobility. He looks at that as, you know, if we're doing that, insert name here, has a noble character. Like God is pleased by this kind of discipline. And I think he's pleased by it because, once again, it's training in righteousness. It's equipping us for every good work. Uh, and it's giving the spirit ammunition as, um, you know, it's giving the spirit his sword. You know, Ephesians 6 describes the word of God as the sword of the spirit. We're arming the Holy Spirit to go to work for us um, in our daily struggles against sin and in our walk with God. So I think that's part of the reason he sees it as noble. And part of the reason I bring that up is, once again, I can't, say definitively because I don't know what the opposite of this is but I mean if we're only in the scriptures based on someone preaching it to us for one hour on a Sunday you know I'm not sure that the word noble would be used I mean it's talking about daily commitment it's something that's positive for us not just something that we're called into but it's something that transforms us and shapes us and it's something that um, is beneficial for us so it's something we should look forward to, I guess is what I'm saying. And it's something that I look forward to uh, in my walk. Do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, so this whole topic made me think of something that N.T. Wright, who uh, some people would know that name, others maybe wouldn't. He's a pretty well-known figure, I guess, within the Christian world, at least within the last many years. Um in some ways, I feel like he's kind of become a little bit of like the C.S. Lewis to some degree of our generation. But he's just someone who's known kind of across all like parties and groups as as someone who has something worth hearing that he has to say. And it's not to say he's right on everything, but um, he has done substantial either biblical or historical scholarship in relation to how followers of Jesus have understood various things in Scripture. And in a within this last year or a couple of years amidst all the COVID uh, stuff that's happened um, on, I don't know if it's his podcast or a different one, but he was talking about how, anyway, they got into this whole discussion about someone engaging with scripture daily and the idea of like people getting frustrated that 
they weren't ha- hearing something encouraging from God amidst a troubling time. Like if, you know, if someone was dealing with COVID or something like that, like, you know, with the, it was, a lot of it was based on the, like, why is this happening kind of mentality. And he was saying that often we approach scripture from this, like always looking for this like nugget that we're going to kind of get out of it each and every time. And he goes, that's probably unrealistic. Like it's unrealistic to just think every day that you engage with scripture it's going to be this like aha moment every time. Like that's just not how most of life functions. But he also wasn't saying, therefore, don't engage with scripture every day. He was saying that it's a important habit because the habit puts you in a frame of mind for when you do need to hear a word from God. You have time set aside. You have space set aside. You have an opportunity where you're going to engage with God's word that you're ready and open to then receive it. And it also may be that, yeah, you you read a story or read a part of scripture one day, and it may not have been like, it might have been like, oh, I've heard that before, or I remember hearing that taught on before, and you don't think much about it. But again, you may be in a situation down the road where that scripture then comes to mind, and that's when you have the aha moment, just kind of like I mentioned a little bit earlier in, in this episode. And I think it's just a, a good reminder that, Engaging with scripture doesn't have to be this. There just doesn't have to be the aha moment every time as if it's going to be this like out of this world experience every time you engage scripture. I mean, it is an out of this world experience when you think about who we're engaging with. It's it's engaging with the life of God that's been revealed in Jesus. But it's a process is what I'm getting at. It's something that that we're shaped into that that as we have the habit of engaging with scripture, that habit over time uh, gives us a framework to then engage the world around us for when we do need God to speak into our life in very specific moments. And so that that's one thing that comes up here. And so, yeah, if that, that daily element isn't there, it's hard to have those moments happen when we're relying on a very small window of time, if that's just Sunday morning that we're pointing to, for that to happen. And I see the same thing happen even with Sunday sermons like a lot of people think they're going to have this like aha moment every Sunday as if they've never heard of it what's being preached on before and the reality is like if you, the longer you're in the church the more likely you have heard the passage before and even those phrases get get brought up like many of you probably know this passage or something like that like it's pointing to something you've probably heard before but again it's it's a reminder and it's also like a moment to to be regrounded into the worldview in which Jesus is Lord, we are not, and, and the way of life that he is calling us into, and remembering, like, oh, yeah, this is the way of life that, that I have surrendered and committed myself to, and this is where my identity is, and then that shapes the week to come, or, you know, you build upon week after week, it shapes the months or the years to come. Like, it's a building block in some sense. It's also a sort of regrounding to make sure we're in the right story, the right worldview, the right frame of reference to how to engage the world. But those are somewhat mundane things sometimes they're not always aha moments they're not always like this entertaining thing as if sunday morning is a show it's it's a formative time it's a formational time it's not like going to watch a movie it's not that kind of thing and we often compare it as if it is so hopefully that's an encouragement of if you struggle with engaging with scripture daily you're not alone (laughs) It's not always this like life altering thing. Like I've been reading uh, through Jeremiah for it seems like forever now because I do like a chapter a day, and some of it just seems to. I mean, 
I feel like my mind starts to wander a lot of times. But then like last night, I'm like going through it and I was reminded again of God's law being brought before the people and how they'd forgotten it. And my mind was engaged in a way differently than it had been for whatever reason, but it, it caught my attention. And again, like I think God is using that to shape and mold me into the kind of person he wants to be. And some of it can be like, yeah, could I be more attentive? Yes, like all of us can be more attentive. Like who, who doesn't, who likes a relationship where the other person isn't attentive? And God wants an attentive relationship. He's attentive to us. We, we should be attentive to him. What, all, what all more do you want to add to that? Yeah, I, I think a good way of summing up what you're saying and taking us to the end of the podcast is just in that studying the scriptures is not a transaction. It's training. You know, we've already gone over that where it's like kind of the principle that you're getting into about what we expect, like all these aha moments and stuff like that. It comes more from the mindset of like, okay, I'm doing this, so I should get something out of it. I'm investing this and I need a return out of this. But the scriptures themselves call studying the word training. I mean, again, to go back to God's team, the Buffalo Bills, like I'm sure that Josh Allen has had a poor practice. I mean, all of us have bad practice at some point. I mean, the scriptures might not always encourage us into a warm truth, but they might kind of kick us in the butt of something that we're not good at that we need to work on. But that's good too. I mean, if we're looking at it from the consumeristic mindset, then if we're not getting anything out of it in the immediate moment, it's not worth anything. But if it's training and it's pointing something out negative in our character that needs to change, which has been the case in my life, then we're being prepared for a moment on another day, which might be more positive and encouraging when we've made progress and actually shedding off what we need to shed off or transforming into the principle that God is calling us into. I mean, it's practice, it's training. Um, it's valuable to do every day, even if you don't feel like doing it. There are a lot of times I don't feel like reading the word, but I do anyway. And I'm happier that I do because moments down the road, I'm glad that I have that scripture to fall back on. Whereas in the moment, it's like, well, like, what, what does this matter? Like, why am I doing this? And then it's always training. It's preparation for, for something that's going to happen or, um, you know, tough times in our lives or what have you. So. I think that's my last thought on anything, if you want to add anything else. Yeah, I think just to maybe put a bow on it, I mean, a lot of this discussion is just trying to help connect that Scripture can't be relegated to just kind of one time a week. And if that's all we're relying on to direct, have God direct our life or to hear God speak to us, it's probably not going to have the effect that, that we're at least longing for, if we're just at least talking about that. And our encouragement is, is, to for all of you watching or listening how can you get in the habit of engaging scripture on a daily basis like what's that one step you can take to start making that a regular habit it's starting with monday wednesday friday or tuesday and thursday whatever like what can you do that's beyond just what you're doing already if it's starting with a verse a day start with a verse a day like it doesn't have to be what someone else does but it should be something that's at least intentional or something that's at least allowing you to engage in scripture. I know um, I used this analogy in youth group one time when we were talking about various habits and just talking about how um, engaging with scripture is something that we're supposed to sort of like mull over or like savor, if you will. So like think of it as like a piece of candy, like 
you know, if you put like a peppermint in your in your mouth, it's not just something you just like chomp and it's gone. Like that's not how it is. But it's something that you sort of like taste and like it rolls around in your mouth and like you you savor the fl- the flavor of it. And that takes time, and it it doesn't just happen in an instant. And so if it's starting with like one verse a day, let that one verse be the thing that you just sort of like mull over the rest of the day, or let it you know kind of marinate in in your brain, in your heart, in your in your life. And, and allow God to speak to you for that. I mean, just start there if that's where you are. But start somewhere. <laughs> that's, that's the encouragement. Because um, if you don't do it, you're never going to have it. And, um, and I'll be the first to say, like, I, I, I do my scripture engagement at night, and there's a lot of times where I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to do that. And that may sound like a horrible attitude, but it's like the reality is, like, I make myself still do it. And the reality is there's probably a lot of people that, or probably most of us that have been in that situation. I like, I know I have, I mean, that's who we are. I mean, but I think it's the decision to go through with it and do it anyway, that really counts in God's eyes. Yeah. And I, I mean, again, you're, you're allowing yourself to be at least immersed into the worldview of God for the, for the time being. So at the least there's, you're at least engaging in that. And again, it, attention does have something to do with it, but um, I'm usually grateful that I at least made the decision to do it and 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 yeah there's a temptation to not just get caught up in the like I did it check mark and that's sort of it but I also have to have some grace with myself sometimes too because there's been I used to have a well just recently quit doing a side cleaning job and on that night like I would already be like in a weird brain space that like I would usually that night I usually didn't do my scripture reading just because I wasn't in a good digestive sort of frame of mind, if you will. And I usually would just like recite verses I'm trying to memorize or, or pray and, and leave it at that. But I let myself have some grace in that area that, okay, I didn't do this one day, but it's not the end of the world and then pick up the next time. And, and sometimes I still did do it. But my point is it wasn't just about like the checkmark system was the thing that I was aiming for. It was ultimately the routineness of engaging with God's word and allowing that to shape and form me. And over time, that was more a part of my life than not. And so, again, this is some encouragement that there's grace there, but also there needs to be some, t- some intentionality there as well. You want to close us out? Yeah, I think we're good to wrap up. This has been the 168 Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.